If you have your Bibles, though, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. There's a lot of people suffering. But God's Word gives encouragement to suffering people. Isn't that awesome? No matter what your afflictions are, no matter the things that come up or crop up in your life, He is just there to help wrap His arms around you and to encourage you. I was telling you about a young family that called us yesterday. They were looking for help to get out of town. I've never had somebody call me and say, hey, can you help me get out of town? <laughs> I want to say, what bank did you rob? <laughs> Who are you running from? You know, Jesus follows you wherever you go. You can never get away. And uh, anyway, he was a young man, and uh, they've been facing many challenges. And uh, long story short is... Uh, with their rent increase, and uh, I guess his wife's disability, they couldn't afford to stay here any longer. So they were moving back to Tennessee, I guess to where they have family, where a lot of family lives, so they could try to recoup and get back on their feet. And they had a little child with them. And uh, so I talked with them for a little while and prayed with them. And uh, I said, listen, I don't know how far this is going to get you, you know, but um, it'll get you started. And uh, anyway, long story short, about 5.45 this morning, this guy came here to call. And uh, they were just arrived at his mother's place. Oh, praise God. In Tennessee. I said, well, if you don't mind me asking, I said, please forgive me. I mean, if you don't want to tell me that's fine. I said, but how did you make it? He said, well, we drove as far as they could drive. I think he said it was I-10. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. yeah. That's where they got to anyway. Yeah. And they were like, like gas fumes. <laughs> and I said, what'd you do? And he said, well, we pulled into this truck stop and uh, we're going to get up, try to get a hold of my mom and See if she could send us some money or forward or something so we could get going. He said, and uh, my their little son had to go to the bathroom, so he took him in to go to the bathroom. And he said, and he went in, and they were having a chapel service for truck drivers wow. off to this room off the side. And so he stood there and he listened for a little bit, him and his boy. And so he started to walk away from there. He said this big burly guy got up and said, you need help, don't you? And the guy went out and filled up his car. Praise God. Oh, and praise God. So they drove from there till I forget what time it was early in the morning, and they ran out again. And um, they stopped into a 7-Eleven. And uh, he went in, he told the lady, he said, uh, can I use your phone? Their cell phone, I guess, was dead, didn't have a charge or whatever. And he was going to call his mom. I think he said they were like two hours away or something. And the lady says, no problem, I'll help you out. And so she filled up his car. All right. So they got from here to there oh, God. on God's prayer. Yes. <laughs> 
and and uh, so I told him we were going to continue to pray for him that you know he would find a renewed faith in the Lord. Yes. And he said, "Oh, I have a renewed faith in the Lord." Oh, but it's, it's amazing how you can get. I didn't think you could get to I ten from here on a tank of gas. It was a little four-cylinder car, but still, that's a long way. <laughs> God must have extended his mileage. <laughs> that's all I know. But, but God is good. God is good. He's faithful. Amen. Even when we're in trouble, he's faithful. And this guy, they had a, and they were toting a little small U-Haul behind their car, too. So I'm thinking, that's why I was thinking they weren't going to get good gas mileage at all, toting that thing. But... Hey, we can't outguess God, right? Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. But call to the remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, ye endure a great fight of affliction. Partly whilst ye were made a gazing stop, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for your word, your promise. I thank you, Lord God, for how you encourage us in days that we need encouragement. And Father, I pray this morning that your word, Father, would speak life to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. We see here a passage of scripture that talks about encouragement. Encouragement for suffering people. People that have been persecuted as we saw in verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days which ye were illuminated. Ye endured a great fight of afflictions. We've all been down a day and we've all had a road where we've had battles. Amen? Amen. We've, we've had trials. We've, we've tried to do our best. We've We've moved along in the Lord Jesus and, and, and we, we've been persecuted. Reproached and afflicted is in verse 33. They lost their earthly possessions in verse 34. You see, so many times when we think about all the things that we lose, we think about all the things that we don't have or we have had, we, we begin to Give up. <laughs> you ever heard that? And you probably have said this to yourself. I can't win. 
Mm. You ever said that to yourself? I can't win. It's like I start getting ahead and something happens and sets me five steps back when I only took one step forward. I just can't win. When my issue came up with my shoulder, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Four days later, I get this thing in my eye, it gets me all messed up. And I, I'll be honest, I sat there, I was sitting on the edge of the bed, and I was like, I can't win. I can't, I, I can't get around all this. What is going on with me? You see, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You see, what the writer is saying here is, is we're tempted to give up. But we need to have patience. Now, I know everybody in this room has great patience. Yes. <laughs> and the old saying is, one who speaks the loudest has the littlest. <laughs> Listen. They say patience is a virtue. I think there are a lot of times, church, we need to learn to be patient. You know, when I read verse 37, I get a little excited. Because verse 37 says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Who is this one who's going to come in the midst of our trials and situations and our tribulations and all these things that we're going through? Who is this that's going to come? Jesus. Jesus is coming. Amen? Amen. I, I got up this morning. I did before I even put my feet out of the bed. I went like this. I didn't hear anything. So I got up. I didn't want to waste the energy in case I was going up. You know? The Lord was I'm, I'm anticipating his soon return. The one who died and rose again. Church, he knows about being persecuted. Who more than Jesus has been persecuted in a way such as he has? How many have spit in your face lately? How many have taken a whip and whipped you lately? How many have yelled crucify? That's like this room full of people yelling at you, you know, that doesn't sound very good, does it? It doesn't sound encouraging. Jesus faced these things. Saints of God, he knows about affliction. And to think that he faced it all for you and me. He faced the persecution. He faced the afflictions for you and me. He knows all about it. He knows all about what you're going through. He knows all about what you've been through and what you're going through and what you will go through. When I continue to think about how he's going to come and I think about how Hebrews and this writer encourages believers to perseverance in their Christian faith 
and behavior and facing persecution and pressures. We don't usually think of suffering as being good for us. How many of you ever thought about suffering being good for you? You know, the Word of God says it teaches us patience. Mm -hmm. You see, it can build good character. But we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear about what suffering will do for us. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to be put on hold. And when we think about Jesus coming, the importance of this news, one out of 30 Bible verses talk about his coming. It's mentioned eight times more than the first coming. When he came as a baby. In 216 chapters, there's 318 references to it. This is important stuff. Why is this so important? Why is it so important that Jesus wants us to get that, that repetition, get that over and over and over in, his, in, in our head? Because he's going to come. And he wants us to be ready when he comes. Remember, what does the word of God say? He's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. You know, I had an opportunity yesterday to take part of a phone conversation about 2 o'clock, and it was with some pastors. And as I, we were having this discussion on the phone, we were talking about Christian living. What is good for Christian living? What is good for the Christian living today? What is acceptable in Christian living today? And I was kind of stunned at some of the things that I heard. One pastor said, well, you know, a lot of our younger people and even some of our older people in our church have, through this pandemic period, have taken to drinking. Mm. It's not so bad as long as you don't get drunk. Yeah. You know, the scripture says, you know, just don't be drunk. I'm like, okay. One of the other pastors said, well, you know, I think because of families not being able to afford the type of medical care that they need, that, that, that this new cannabis thing is okay. And I'm like, okay. And they were going on and one of the other things was, well, you know, people can't afford to get married today. So, you know, living together, as long as they abstain from having sex with anybody else, and it's only them two, that would be okay. I was waiting for my turn. 
I was writing many notes. I had a whole page of notes as they were talking. I had a lot of things I wanted to say and to address. But when they got to me, time was up. And everybody hung up. I said, what is this, God? You didn't want me to say anything? You didn't want me to share? What it made me think about church is this. What it made me think about was when he says, he that shall come will come, reveals that many doubt his coming. Because we, come on, you guys have heard it for a long time. Some of you have heard for years and years and years. Jesus is coming soon. We even sing a song, soon and very soon. Anybody know the rest of it? Huh? We're going to see the king. We're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to that soon and very soon. But how soon is that soon going to come? When he's ready. You see, many scoffers in the last days, as 2 Peter 3.3 tells us, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. You see, people kind of scoff at me sometimes when they say, well, Jesus doesn't come here. You think he's going to show up before you die? I say, I have no idea. I think there are reasons why the Bible says that Christ has not come yet. One, God's appointed hour has not yet arrived. Matthew 24, 36 says, But of that day and of that hour no man knoweth, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. You see, people are wanting to try to predict when Jesus is going to come. They haven't understood what God's long suffering is not exhausted. They don't understand that it's not his time yet. So when will he come? I found the answer in the scripture. It tells us when he's going to come. You ready for this? You in Hebrews? Because here it is. In verse 37. In a little while. You want to know when he's coming? In a little while. There it is. You have the answer. You don't have to guess. You don't have to try to figure it out. Just know that he's coming in a little while. Date setters have always been wrong. I've not yet a date setter yet that has gotten it right. And nor will there ever be in the future of someone getting it right. Why? Because the scripture has clearly said to us that no man knoweth the, the, the day nor the hour. No one. If he hasn't told Jesus, what makes you think he's going to tell me? So don't ask me. Because I just gave you the answer when he's coming. In a little while. So you know what that means? It means this, be patient, right? Be patient, because he's coming in a little while. I know we want him right now, 
I can't, I can't tell you how many times I have woke up and said, Jesus, now would be the perfect time. I have. I could tell when I was getting... Oof, I should, am I supposed to talk out of turn because Virginia's not here? Okay, I can talk out of turn Virginia's not here. She'll watch later. There have been times when I... No, I did something wrong. And I know Virginia was going to call me on it. I just did it this week too. And I knew she I was going to I knew I was going to get the phone call as soon as I did it. And as soon as that phone rang and I saw her name, I said, Jesus, now would be a good time. If there was ever a perfect time to go, this is it. But the phone kept ringing. So I answered it. And I was so excited to hear her voice. Because it was only one word. Just one. It wasn't a long, drawn-out speech, nothing. You know what that word was? Why? Now, I don't know about you men, but I know when my wife asks me why, that is a long conversation ahead of me. And I'm going to have to think about this on the way home. And I'm going to have to contemplate carefully my answer. Because she knows. You see, church... So many times we have been faced with false prophets. So many times we've been faced with people who pretend that they have the answer that comes from God's word. And a lot of times people will take those words and those answers and they'll twist them and manipulate them to make it sound like they're right. But God tells us to be smarter than that, doesn't he? He tells us to use wisdom to know. You see, I think if we want to be patient and waiting on God, we need to understand that it's his timing. I can promise you one thing standing here this morning. I can promise you one thing about God's word. And that is he will be right on time. He won't be a minute too early nor a second too late. He's going to be exactly right on time. His coming is sooner than you think. How do you know, Pastor? Because Matthew shared with us in 24, 44, this. Therefore be ye also ready, for in so much an hour as ye think that not the Son of Man cometh, he cometh. Listen, when you think he's not coming, he's going to be here. So if you want him to come sooner, quit thinking about it. 
<laughs> no, no. No, don't, don't quit thinking about it. You see, I believe that Jesus should be on the forefront of our mind every single moment of every single day. His words should be on our tongue every single moment of every single day. And that when we talk to people, we should be able to give them encouragement from the word of God. Because God has encouraged us through the word of God. He's helped you, and some of you can testify to this. I'm sure if I gave you the opportunity, how many deep, dark struggles you have gone through in your period of your short life, and God has always been there to encourage you. That encouragement may not have come overnight, but it did come in your darkest hour when you needed him the most. It may not have been a word from somebody but it might have been just a gentle touch from the master who embraced you and hugged you and let you know that he is there. It does, I, understand, I understand what it is to go through dark times. But I also understand what it means to be patient and wait upon God. There are people who are lost, backslidden and hurting. But if they would just hold on to the thought, if they would just hold on to the fact that in a little while, you see, I believe there are two ways of looking at the Lord's coming. I believe there is a looking for it and a looking at it. It's possible to look at this with a keen intellect and profound interest, and yet have it mean nothing to us personally. It is also possible to know but little of the theology of the subject, but yet have a deep and holy longing for the Lord to appear. May this thing not only be our study, but also our personal hope. You see, because the word says, unto him that look for him, he shall appear a second time without sin unto salvation. You see, there are many ways to look at Jesus' coming. Some people say, well, I hope he doesn't come yet because there's some things I want to do yet. There's some things that I have on my, on my to-do list, my bucket list. Listen, if Jesus wants to interrupt my bucket list, go right ahead. Because see, the, the number one thing on my bucket list is to see Jesus. That's my number one, to see Jesus. My number two to grow closer to him every single day. Now, number three is to be able to share the love of God with the world with unconditional love and faith. 
My number five, to witness, to show the love of Christ to a world that is hurt, who don't understand what it is to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. So they're the top five. And as you begin to write your own bucket list, start where you want to start. But I'm telling you, if you always put Jesus first, no matter what you do, everything will fall into place as long as you're keeping Jesus first. As long as Jesus is first in everything that you do. I was thinking about the beauty of heaven and what it must look like. And believe it or not, my mind reflected to Randy's trip to Alaska. And I was listening to them and, 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 and how they described the trip and how beautiful it was. And some of you have been on other trips where you've been to different ports of call where you're like, I don't think I've ever seen anything so beautiful. But you take all these wonderful sights that you've ever seen and then begin to think heaven is going to be more beautiful than that. More glorious than that. And when we begin to picture that, then our heart begins to yearn. It begins to long for heaven. To be in the place where our Savior is, who's waiting for all of us to gather together. How many are listening this morning? What are you listening for this morning? You see, church, we need to have that longing and that yearning to see our king face to face. And with that desire, with that deep desire in our hearts, we surely will see him when he comes again. Isn't that awesome to know this morning? Isn't that awesome to contemplate this morning? That we shall see the King. All of us who yearn to have Him live in our heart and our life every day. Father, I thank You this morning. I thank You, Lord God, this morning that You told us when You're going to come. I thank you, Lord, that you have shared with us in your word when you're going to show up in a little while. And Lord, teach us to be patient while we wait. Teach us to continue to work for you while we wait. Help us, Lord Jesus, to do what you have instructed us to do while we wait. Lord, I pray that you would just cause all of us to have an urgency to win those to Christ, those who have slipped away, those who have backslidden, those who have drifted away from the cross. Lord, help us to help them to be refocused to come back to you. Yes, Jesus. And we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise for these things that we speak today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand together. Father, again.